If you have your Bibles this morning, we are uh, back in 2 Peter chapter 2. It's nice to be back again uh, after being away last week uh, with my wife. Uh, thank you, Bob, uh, for preaching uh, and for everybody else who helped in making sure everything was done, uh, getting the, the worship team together, the music, the we didn't have a, a regular sound guy in the back, uh, but we're back. We're back to normal. Uh, but thank you for uh, continuing to support this church. Uh, it's always good to be back. It's always. It was actually awkward sitting and, and listening again rather than being up and preaching. Um, and so I listened. Uh, uh, the sermons are up on online. You can go and listen to them. I was able to listen to uh, Bob's sermon last week talking about God's blueprint for church, uh, what church is, how it works, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and God desires that for this church. He desires us to uh, come together, to bear one another's burdens, to fellowship together, to worship together. Uh, and it's, a, it's an awesome calling. It is, as I mentioned, God has blessed us here with family. Uh, I consider uh, many of you family. Uh, you are my family uh, in Christ, uh, but much more, it's, even though you're not blood-related, um, it still feels as if uh, we have known each other for a long time. And God continues to, to grow us closer together as we continue to meet, as we continue to fellowship, uh, even as we're going to gather uh, later on and uh, eat all of that wonderful food over there that smells good. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, spend some time in God's Word and honoring Him and, and seeing what He has for us this morning. So if you would... Uh, Pray with me this morning quick that uh, the Lord would speak to our hearts, uh, that he would continue to change us, that he would continue to make us like Christ, that he would continue to reveal things in our own lives, and our own hearts uh, that need to be changed, that need to, to come under his authority, uh, under his sovereignty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you as, as we prayed earlier for your spirit that is in this place. We thank you for the, the gift of the comforter. Uh, that you have given us. We thank you that he provides understanding, that he uh, gives us knowledge and wisdom and insight as we look at your word, as we look at the truth of your word. We thank you for that. Pray that you would uh, give us wisdom this morning, give us understanding as we look further into Second Peter uh, and what he is uh, telling the, the churches of Asia Minor. Father, continue to Move in this place, continue to move in our hearts, uh, and I, I pray that you would continue to, to bring in uh, the people in this community, uh, our family, our friends, acquaintances, people that uh, we just met. Give us boldness to speak the truth and love. Give us boldness to proclaim your gospel. And I pray that you would uh, increase our numbers, not for our glory, not to say, look at how big we are, but look at how big our God is. Look at what he's doing. Look at how he transforms lives. Father, we look forward to today when we can't face to face. So then continue to work in us that we would remain faithful. Strengthen us, Father. Encourage us this morning. We ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I just ask someone in the uh, back, can you close the other door, please? quick overview of where we have been. 
where we are continuing to go. We are in 2 Peter chapter 2. Uh, this morning we started uh, weeks ago in 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter talking to the churches by churches of minor concerning things that were on his heart, concerning things he wanted to let them know before he was leaving, before he was to be uh, killed, to be executed. Uh, he wanted them to be able to bring these things to remembrance. And so uh, I never get tired of, of hearing this uh, passage, uh, so I would like to read it again this morning. But uh, he tells them it is his divine power, talking about God's divine power, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. What a great uh, sentence that is of the majesty and glory of God, all that he has done, all that he provides for us, all that he does. So Peter would encourage his readers to continue on, to make sure their calling and election, to put on godliness, to put on steadfastness, to put on brotherly love, to add to their faith these things in the Christian walk. That's uh, because of our faith in Christ, it changes us, it makes us more like Christ, it changes the way we perceive the outside world, it changes the way we perceive even our family and ourselves. And so he encourages them to do these things, to stir them up by way of reminder of what Christ has done, to never forget those things. And then he goes in to tell them why he is doing this uh, and letting them know that it's not because of it's not because of a cleverly devised way of telling the story, but it's simply the truth. The truth of God's word is what has been revealed uh, to Peter uh, through the Holy Spirit, through his time with Jesus. We looked at various other passages coming from Paul and his talks to the various churches and his epistles of what the Lord is doing and what he continues to do. And Peter, uh, we looked at uh, two weeks ago, is doing this, uh, telling them of the assurance of the scriptures of God's word that we, when we read this, it's not by man's own interpretation, but it is being, men being born along by the Holy Spirit to write these things for our benefit, so that we have the very words of, of God before us, that we can put our faith in these things and trust in these things. And so then he goes on in chapter 2, and we looked a little bit about this two weeks ago. And he says, if you look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, he reminds them that false prophets also arose among the people. Talking about past tense, talking about the time of the Israelites, talking about the history before him. And then he goes on to say, just as there will be false teachers among you. That it wasn't some new thing that they were going to be engaged in, but he was telling them to be on guard, to warn them of what was to come, of being a good shepherd and letting them know, look, you guys need to focus on the things that have been taught, on the, the righteousness that comes from Christ, so that when you hear other things, sometimes good things, but it doesn't line up with God's word, you will be able to tell the difference and you won't be led astray. 
So he says, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. And so we looked at a few passages in the Old Testament of some of the things of false prophets rising among the people and what would happen to those false prophets that God had uh, talked to Moses and instituted these laws for the Israelites so that if somebody were to speak falsely about God, that his punishment would be execution, that they would put him to death for speaking wrongly about the Lord or for leading people astray from the from the Lord, saying, I have heard a new word from the Lord, and he has told me to do this, to follow after these gods. Anyone that leads you astray from the truth of the gospel, do not listen to him. And so we ended in the book of Deuteronomy, and I said we were going to look at one other instance in the Old Testament of false prophets, and then we were going to go to the New Testament and look at some of the things that they were dealing with, the false teachers that arose among them, the things that Peter is talking to his readers here, the things that Paul will tell his readers as well to the various churches of being on guard. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, if you want to turn to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 23, starting in verse 16, the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 starting in verse 16. Jeremiah writes, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it will be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say no disaster shall come upon you. That's quite a thing for the prophets of old to say, to come before you and say, hey, you don't need to obey the word of the Lord. You're going to be fine. It's good for you. Filling them with vain hopes. You don't have to worry about judgment. You don't have to worry about destruction. You don't have to worry about what is going to happen to you. And yet the, the history of the Israelites would speak against that, would say, no, that is not the case. Have you not been paying attention to what has been happening among the people? Have you not been paying attention to those that did not follow after God? They were punished. They were destroyed. They continually say to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. Sounds a little bit like the things that are even said today. You don't need to worry about the word of the God. Live your life. He's a God of love. He's going to make sure that everything's just going to work out in the end. You don't need to worry about how you're living your life now. You don't have to worry about reading the Bible. You don't need to worry about your 
your, your heart being transformed, any of these things, it will be well with you. And it's the same thing, filling you with vain hopes. prophet goes on in verse 18, For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the attempts of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. Prophet Jeremiah is reminding them of who God is, that he is a righteous God, that his requirements don't change. The law hasn't changed. And so if you are wicked and break the law of God, there will be punishment. There will be penalty. Wrath has gone forth. The anger of the Lord will not turn back. He says, I did not send the prophets, verse 21, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to the people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Jeremiah getting the Israelites to listen, to focus on the word. There is, there is nowhere where we can go. God is everywhere. He is the creator of this world. He has his hand in everything. Am I not a God that is near, a God that is at hand, who is Focus on the things that are going on. I have not just created the world and left and in absence. But he is here with us. He takes a general interest. And we see that in the life of his son Christ. And what he has done on our behalf. And so Peter in Second Peter is reminding his hearers of all of these things. Letting them know that there will be those who secretly bring in destructive heresies, denying the master who bought them. And there will be swift destruction for them. In Acts chapter 20, a few verses of false teachers among the people. The New Testament church in its infancy. Peter and the other disciples waiting until... The Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them at the day of Pentecost and where they preached to the masses and 3,000 turned in faith to God. And then those men and women would go out into various reaches of the world and they would be changed and they would live their lives for God. And Paul and others of the disciples would go around teaching and preaching the good news, the gospel of Jesus, the life death, burial, and resurrection of Christ on our behalf. And as you can imagine, as we have issues in our day, they have issues in their day as well. In Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 30, Paul is before the Ephesian elders in Ephesus. And he is giving them instruction. He said, pay careful attention to yourselves 
and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. I'll say, even from among you, the Ephesian elders, those that have been tasked with overseers, even from among you, people will rise up. Even thinking of the twelve disciples and Christ and his ministry, the three years spending with them, among them was one who would betray Christ, even after seeing all of the miraculous things. These are the, the things we will be dealing with in our time. There will be fierce wolves out among us, disguising themselves as shepherds, and yet they will fleece the flock. They will leave the sheep in worse condition. They will lead them astray. Paul to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 4. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Words to the, to the Corinthian church. What, what is going on? My heart, Paul, you can hear it in his in his words, my heart breaks over you. I have a divine jealousy for you. I came to you and I gave you the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth. And on that we stand. I have not gone away from it. I haven't spoken a different gospel. But there are some that come in and they do this. And I feel that you will just go along with the flow. That you are weak in your Christian state and in infants, not looking to the scriptures and finding wisdom, but thinking, I can trust who's ever at the front and not question it and just believe. And so it sounds, it sounds good. Let's, let's go after that. He said, you put up with it readily enough. That is not what Paul is, is looking for. Paul is admonishing them. Don't follow a different gospel. Don't be deceived. Don't be led astray to the Galatian church. Galatians chapter 1. Found a theme within the, the churches of the New Testament. You have the Ephesian church. You have the Corinthian church. You have the Galatian church. Galatians chapter 1. Verses 6 through 9. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. 
But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. Paul is adamant uh, to the churches that he preach the gospel and to stand firm in their faith of the truth of Christ and all that he has done. The same thing Peter is doing here. To be on guard. There will be many that will follow their sensuality and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. That's the, the name of Christianity gets a bad rap because there are those that people think represent true Christianity who are living out lies in their life, who are living out the evils of the world, yet presenting themselves as true believers. And the name of Christ is blasphemed. The way of truth is blasphemed. And it's because of their greed that they do these things. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. They will give you what you want to hear. And they won't tell you the truth of what is to come, but they will just lead you on. Whisper in your ear, you're fine. Don't worry. Live the life you want to live. God loves you. You don't need to change. Paul would say the same thing to the Romans. He would charge other men of God in the same way. He would tell Timothy in 1 Timothy these things to not fall into temptation. He would continue on in 2 Timothy. Tell them in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1 through 5, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Paul telling Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching, not being like the other people of the day, not saying nice things, not whispering things that people want to hear. And he tells them, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. People don't want to sit down and hear a rebuke from the Lord. They will not endure sound teaching. They will not sit under the Word of God, listen to it being exposited of what the Lord wants us to hear, of how when we live our lives according to Scripture, it changes us. When we hear the Word of God, it changes us. They will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. So the things that they are happy about, the things that they desire, they're going to say, I'm going to go to somebody who's going to tell me those types of things, that I can continue to follow my passion, what I want, when I want, and not have to worry about being held accountable. 
It will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Paul encouraging Timothy in his walk because these are the things you're going to endure. These are the things you're going to struggle with. That when you do these things, there are people that are obviously going to get up and leave and not concern themselves because they haven't been changed by the Word of God. They haven't placed Him as the head of authority and rulership in their lives. And Peter tells them this. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. But he warns them, their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. As you sit and listen, as you are under the word of God, you can look at these things, understand these things because of the spirit and you can know the truth, but you have to search them out for yourselves. It's not just good enough to come on a Sunday to hear the word and to go home and think that's it. And Peter warned them that in the first chapter, that with your faith put on all of these things, godliness, self-control, brotherly love, and as you do these things, as you grow in these things, you will not fall. You will not be led astray. You will not fall into these temptations. You will not uh, listen to unsound teaching, listen to heresies, listen to things that are heretical coming from people that claim to be a Christ follower. And, and Peter tells them this. Uh, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, he goes on to tell them why these things are the way they are. And he says to give them a warning, to not be fooled, to not be um, led astray, to think that God will not bring about judgment, but he will. He goes on in verse 4, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the day of judgment. For if God did not even spare the angels, first thing, if he did not spare the ancient world, second thing, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard, and the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Peter goes into this list to encourage them. The same lines along in the beginning. I haven't come to you with cleverly devised myths. I'm not coming to you with partial truths. I'm not coming to you to things that I just thought up in my mind. But as you go and you read the Old Testament, as you read the Word of God, these things actually happened. They actually came to pass. And God hasn't changed. So don't be deceived. Don't be fooled. He is still a God of judgment. So he began with the angels. He began with the, 
the, the realm that we cannot see, the spiritual realm, the angels, the cosmic. Not even they were spared when they sinned. When they decided to follow after Lucifer, after Satan, who was prideful, they were cast down out of heaven, out of God's presence, and doomed for all eternity. God didn't spare them. They were created just as we were created. All right? The difference being that for us, God says that he gave us the breath of life. He created us in his image. The angels were just another part of creation, not like us, not to be rescued or sanctified by the work of Christ. But they were not spared. They were not spared the judgment upon them because of their sin. And he goes on to say that even the ancient world, remember back to the time of Noah, remember back to that time in Genesis. In the book of Genesis, as you go through, there comes a point in the early chapter. I'll get you the, the reference in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. It says this, Genesis 5, sorry, Genesis 6, chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, that every intention of the thoughts of his hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved his heart. Imagine, when you read the book of Genesis, you begin in Genesis 1, and and God is in the act of creating, and he looks at all of creation, and he says, it is good. And now you have here, in Genesis 6, he's saying, I'm sad that I even created man. Grieved his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man, whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so we have the story of Noah and his family. His wife, his three sons, their wives, and God protecting his creation through them, humanity, and also through the animals bringing upon the ark. Not a myth, not a story, actual events. But God didn't spare the ancient world. His judgment was pronounced upon them. He did spare Noah and his family. He protected them through this time. He goes on to say, not only do you have cosmic judgment, not only do you have worldwide judgment, but you also have localized judgment. He gives the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities that were wicked. And he says that Lot lived among them, righteous Lot, and and you read it, it doesn't sound like Lot is very righteous in Genesis, but here we have Peter describing Lot as a righteous man, as a man following after God, and because of that, God is going to rescue him out of that. He was different than the rest of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a time when Abraham would intercede on behalf, hearing that God was going to go check out their wickedness, pronounce judgment, and Abraham would go before God to ask for mercy, if you find 50 righteous persons there, will you spare them? Yes. And he goes down to say, 
even if there are just ten, but not even ten righteous people can be found. Only Lot and his family were saved. So Peter goes through that cosmic judgment, worldwide judgment, localized judgment. Those that are following their own passions, their own desires, their own things, things that are opposed to God, judgment occurs. And then he throws in there this phrase. After going through that, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. If you have this, Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. Lot found favor for he was rescued. You have the Old Testament story of how God has preserved for himself the Israelites time and time again through various trials. And so it is an encouragement to us here that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. It's not as if when you face trials or if you become a Christian, the trials cease. It's not as if there's some magical thing that says you will no longer face persecution or torment or trouble or things in your life. But what God does promise in his word, what Peter is telling them, that when you do go through trials, God is there. God is there during those times. He will see you through. He knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And he also knows how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. One of the most spectacular things about God when you think about him is his patience and long-suffering. Even think about your own lives. How patient is God with you? I know in my life, God is very patient. I am very thankful for his word and his encouragement. And I pray daily that he continues to make him more like his son. But there are some days where that's just not the case, where the flesh takes over. And you need to be reminded of these things. Where you need to be reminded of God's goodness, of his mercy, of what he has done. To not live foolish, to not go after your passions, but to, again, place yourself under the authority of God, under the authority of his scriptures. We don't have time this morning to continue on in in Peter's telling of what is going to happen. And so next week we'll continue to look at what Peter has to say. Uh, But what he is telling them is, as you endure trials, remember God is with you. As you look out among the people that you are in fellowship with, the people that you are surrounded with, the world in which you live, obviously you see sin. You see people living out lives opposed to God. You see these things that you know are wrong, and yet people revel in it. People endure it. People love it. People want to get other people involved in it. They want to bring them to their side. And yet he is saying, look, you continue to keep your eyes upon God. Keep your face turned towards him. Don't worry about them. God will take care of them. He knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And he also knows how to keep the unrighteous under judgment. But the great thing that uh, we need to be reminded of this morning, and as we looked at and talked about in our Advent, that God has sent his Son to be our peace. And so the great news, the good news this morning, that is if 
you are on the other side, if you know others that are on the unrighteous side, those that are opposed to God, he is patient and long-suffering, and there is still time for them to be redeemed, for them to find peace. And I pray that our hearts would be turned towards that this morning, that we would desire peace, that those in our families that uh, might make fun of you, that might ridicule you, that might not understand why you live your life for God, other people in the workplace, people at school, for those of you that are going to school, whether it's college or in elementary or high school, junior high, whatever the case may be, when you say you follow after God, people might look at you awed, or you say different things, people might look at you awed because you're not like the world. And that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. The thing to remember is keep your eyes focused on God and continue to pray that he would change hearts towards him, that the gospel would continue to go forth. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for even the admonition from uh, the men who you born along through your Holy Spirit to give us your words, to give us your heart, to give us understanding in who you are and how you operate and how you continue to work in, in your goodness and your mercy. We thank you this morning even for your patience in our lives, your long-suffering. Uh, we pray uh, that you would uh, continue uh, to work in our hearts to move us so that we would remain as Peter is, is encouraging the people to remain godly, to remain holy, to not be uh, taken away, to not uh, be fooled by wise words, to not be led astray to a different gospel, to a different word, to, to not be led astray by those who are greedy for their own gain, who care not about you, to those who blaspheme your name, even though you have done this great and wonderful thing in, in providing a way for us to know the Father, to have that relationship uh, that was marred in the beginning because of Adam's sin, but that it's restored because of Christ's work. Father, I pray in our own hearts that you would encourage us, as we prayed before, give us boldness to speak the truth. Give us boldness to preach the gospel to our family, to our friends, to people at work. Father, give us divine appointments to glory in your name at what you have done. It's not by our works, it's not by our hands, but it's because of Christ's already completed work. Moving in and through us, Father. Change us this morning. Change those around us. Preserve us through our trials. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.